Monroe. Yo, Corey. <laughs> How's it going, man? I was jamming out, man. <laughs> I was all cinnamon. That's my inner African. Yes, African got that djembe. Yeah. Got that djembe going on. So, um, 177, I think, is what we're doing. I think maybe 178 is what we're on. Um, you know what? Nothing matters anyway. Nothing matters anymore. Everything is canceled. It doesn't matter. It's all jumbled it, together now. It's man. 177 or 178 is what this number of the episode is going to be. I'm, yeah. I'm super psyched to have you, dude. Like, honestly, um, this is 178. 178, does that number mean anything to you in your life? Do you have any, like, does 78 mean anything? Does... Ah, no. favorite number is 23. Okay, well... If Jordan? Yeah, yeah why? <laughs> when, I get, when I get to either uh, 223 or 230, I'll call you back up again, and we'll do another one. Yeah, I'm with it. 23 <laughs> was, like, when I started to, like, do my own thing mm-hmm. in life. Like, I was living on my own, but I was figuring out my, I was figuring out, like, my adult life. I started dating more and stuff like that. Yeah. So 23 was like when I blossomed, I yeah. feel like. And then Jordan was one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Jordan who? And I never heard Michael, of him. Oh, Michael Jordan. And then my birthday is the 23rd. So I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 23 is my lucky number. That's a, that's a, that's a, good, look, a good lucky number. And LeBron as well. I mean, I don't know if you're a LeBron fan, but. I mean, I'm LeBron not, I, is great, but he's—I'm too old for this. Right, order. right, right. Me too. <laughs> to be like LeBron is my hero. It's like, nah, we went to high school at the same time. Well, a little bit. He graduated before me. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, what's what's like super important to me as I, I think was it was really important to me to have on the record conversations with people who I have. Uh, a special place in my heart for, and that exists for you oh, certainly, sure. because you you came you you and I came into each other's lives right when I was getting the the stand up comedy bug going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wanting to get into that, and like all the all the people from that area, not everybody, but I mean a bunch of the a bunch of the people and the dudes that stood out to me the most are people that I've had on the show so far. Oh. Like I've had here, and I've had to have like. Like when I had Chris Cotton on, it was very much like, hey, man, I want to let you know that I really think you're a superstar and you're going places. And honestly, I think that about you as well. I think. And and the first time Cotton was on, we talked about you. The good stuff. (laughs) It was like 2017. Him and I were talking about you on here. Oh, Uh, shit. He he was putting you over, dude. He was talking about how you're his best friend and stuff. No, I loved Chris, man. I still love him. The stupid face is staring at me right now. <laughs> and I got his book. Can I promo? Can I promo his stupid book? Yeah, promo his stupid book. Was <laughs> <laughs> what, what my what my dad did? Is that what it's called? What is it called? What my dad did. My thoughts and theories on joke writing. <laughs> you don't already have it, people. Go get it. Uh, yeah, I have it in my closet because that's like where everything goes. So it's not like I just threw it in the closet, but I try to be organized and it was just on my closet and I have my closet open and it's just always stupid Chris just staring at me and I feel like he's judging me whenever I'm being lazy. Yeah, (laughs) I, I saw his, uh, 
I saw his set, like the the most recent set before he passed. I'd seen yeah. him working it out at Punchline, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it was so good. He like talked about Foreman Mills. He started talking about his dad, and like it yeah. was it was all real good stuff. I hope that it's on the record somewhere. I, I hope so too, man. Chris <laughs> is a very funny person. I want more people to go check out his stuff. Yeah, and, and let him not be forgotten in the comedy history. Right, I won't yeah. let him be forgotten. Well, that's that's part of this whole thing, man. Like I really I can I can now go back on the record and listen to 2000 2017 conversation I had with him and like a 2018 conversation I had with him where it's like I'm telling him how how special I find him and like it's funny hearing it back from him like, "Oh, you're funny. You're funny too." And I'm like, "Oh, it's uh it's it's fun. Everybody needs that validation to have another funny person tell them they're funny. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But but, are you like one of those weird people too? Where I like it's not that I don't like people saying I'm funny. It's just that I'm like I always. I'm sorry. I was trying to clean my glasses. I'm always in my head about stuff. So when people go, "Oh man, that was good," that I'm like, "You don't know shit." Like I'm that guy. I'm always like, "You don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about." So I never <laughs> believe anybody, and yeah. I just go, "Okay, thanks." And I'm like, "You don't know what the fuck. That was awful." <laughs> we're, we're always trying to like perfect something, even though perfection doesn't exist. But you're always trying to get it right. You know, I do that more for wrestling. I do that more yeah. for um, like um. When I'm like, uh, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't get in as much stuff I wanted to get in. Yeah. I didn't take that the right way. I didn't sell that the right way. I didn't move the right way on that whip off or something. You know what I mean? It's something like I didn't, my footwork wasn't the best. And then I'll get in the back and there'll be somebody there who isn't quite, you know, isn't quite as much of a trained eye as me. Yeah. Like, like Eli, like, you know, Eli, uh, Eli, Eli Sears. Sears. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh, man, you did great tonight. This is so good. I'm like, yeah, but like, ah, shut up. Ah, like, yeah. in but my you head. need those people, man. Like, I'm realizing my wife, my wife is that person to me. So you need somebody or you need people around to kind of be like, no, nah, that was good. And then they're like, nah, it wasn't. But they're like, look, we're not looking at what the fuck you're looking at. We're not looking but- for what you're looking for. We see a completely, totally different thing, and sometimes right. you have to step outside of yourself right. to be like, oh, okay, maybe I did do something right in that, and I'm not going to beat myself up, and I'll work on another aspect of it. Like, my wife does that. Whenever, like, I just had a set come out, mm-hmm. and I got them to edit it, like, maybe, like, four or five times, and she'll watch it, and she'll be like, babe, it's funny. It's funny. That joke is funny. This reaction is funny. Like, she's like, it's good. Like, stop. Yeah overthinking it I'm like, yeah okay all right um so when i think i i freaked out when i saw you for the first time on less comic sandy because there had been some years there mm-hmm. there's been some years there where you and i hadn't spoke to each other and we kind of yeah. lost contact when it came to like like social media and stuff we didn't we weren't friends on social media so we yeah we kind of just like faded away from each other yeah. For a sec. And yeah. then when I saw you on, on Last Comic Standing, I was like, that's my friend. That's yeah. my friend. And I, <laughs> but uh, that was like, that was the part of like when I accepted like, oh, I'm going to know people who are going to do some things. Like 
I didn't get that until you came around. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have friends who made it in wrestling. Sure, whatever. But like friends in comedy who are going to make things, you know? Yeah. I actually, well, I, yeah. I was actually having a conversation today with my friend Brittany because she was, she hit me up when, when I woke up in the morning about something. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I was just having a dream about you. Like the weirdest thing was I was like, oh, you were asking me to help you move something down the stairs for your friend. And I was too busy watching SNL. My friend Monroe Martin was on SNL in my dream. Oh. I was just, I was just telling her that was, it just happened tonight. And I was like, oh, and that's, that's the crazy. dude. I'm, I was like, that's the dude I'm gonna do my podcast with today. She's like, oh, what do you think this means? And I was like, I don't know, it means something. I mean, if I make it on SNL, that's a miracle. I can't fucking, I can't. I don't want to say I can't act, but like that's a whole different beast. Like they're. They're learning changes on the spot and all that yeah. stuff. It's it's, like it's reading off of cue cards and landing. I'm like, if I make it on that show, then you had a hell of a premonition, my friend. <laughs> well, we're, it's never too late. <laughs> Look, I I'm not going to not shoot my shot. Yeah, I'm not going to not shoot my shot if they come knocking. If I do something that grabbed their attention and they're like, "Hey, would you mind auditioning?" I'm gonna say, "Yeah, I'm not above it." Right, yeah, you know. How about are you gonna drink that whole gallon today? Yeah, yeah, probably twice. What? So, yeah, dude. like, damn. That's, so, are you like you're like one of those people who have control over their body? Like, you're like, I know what the fuck I'm. Uh, I, I'm eating what I. I'm eating good. I'm drinking. Like, you're yeah. one of those people. You, you, you're giving me too much credit. I don't. I don't. I don't count everything. I don't. Um, I just. I just. Don't eat like bad. Yeah, but I mean, during the apocalypse, nothing matters. I mean, I'm eating ice cream every night. So, uh, so uh, who knows? <laughs> but I'm still, uh, you know, but I'm making sure I'm also still like working out. Like you said, you were gonna do at home workout today, and I was like, well, I'm gonna I try got- it, man. I this is I. We've been quarantined what four or five weeks. The first week, I I was vegan for two weeks, and I was doing. Good. I'm saying I was doing good. Like I was vegan two weeks before the quarantine. I was on top of my shit. I could I tell myself just keep going. I was hitting the gym. Like I seen myself losing weight and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like the fourth, the third week into this quarantine, I'm like, fuck it. My wife started making like meatballs and spaghetti. And then my <laughs> wife is Colombian too. So she's making like arepas and tostones and shit. And I'm like, yep, I'll eat it. And then I just got that tire back around my way. So I downloaded Insanity because I'm like, I want to try something different. So I'm like, I downloaded Insanity, the 30 day, I mean, not the 30, the two, the two month one, but it's like yeah. 30 minute max workout. So I'm like, why not? Let's try it. Dude, I know some people that got some, got pretty ripped on Insanity. So, I mean, it's I haven't heard anything about insanity since probably I don't know 2010, 11. Like it's been a while since I've heard it. Though. That's like yeah, like I I follow civilians as well, like outside of like the like comedy and like all that stuff and like regular mm-hmm. people still do like P90X and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Like he perfected the workout, so he's not going. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to keep releasing tapes. He's a millionaire right. off of 
the same tape, the same workout. Well, same as like the DDP stuff. Have you ever yep. done his his stuff? I I wanted to. I think I will try that after this. Yeah. Well, it's a. <clears throat> Uh, it's pretty good. I know it works for some of my really good friends, like kind of turn their lives around on uh, DDP yoga. Yeah. Um, P90X is like, it's, it's like, and same with insanity. It's like, they're like yeah. so much like yeah. DDP yoga is going to be like, a, is going to be like a cooler version, not like cooler, like hip and cool. And yeah. with it, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like cooled down version of those instead of like, high intensity it's going to be yeah. like enough enough of lower intensity and yeah. then increasing yeah but through the quarantine i've been going my my neighbor across the street has a has a weight room in his basement that i've been going over there a couple days a week lucky you yeah lucky you that's dope yeah, well, I mean, I was doing that before this all started, so it's almost like nothing's changed. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing that before this started, and I was going to Planet Fitness, but uh, I don't go there no more. <laughs> uh, it's they close. I go to Blink, and yeah, there. But the best thing is that they said they're not going to charge people until the gyms open back up, so you don't have to pay. Well, isn't that concerning about like what's gonna last through the through the the shutdowns? Like, I, I certain gyms, gyms are gonna will, close. I think mom and pop gyms, yeah, they'll they'll yeah. they'll struggle a little bit. You'll see, they'll probably try to raise the the membership fees on people temporarily or whatever, or take donations. But gyms like Planet Fitness and Blink, they won't because they're owned by bigger gyms. I know Blink is owned by Equinox. And Equinox mm-hmm. is like uh, rich as fuck, so they'll mm-hmm. be fine. I plan of fitness to be fine because those are the first places that'll that will come back. Like I know they'll of probably start it. integrating slowly but surely. Like they'll probably start emitting like maybe like a hundred people at a time. But then once the whole thing is lifted, they'll be like, yeah, and those be the first places that come back. Yeah, they were like, it, it's funny if they were like, if they like. Choose the people who were their first members. If they like go back into their archives and they'd be like, "Okay, it's reopen to you, but like just you." You know like, those people aren't going. The whoever the first members are never the people who go consistently. <laughs> bro, I st- I started Planet Fitness in 2007. They better yeah. they better let me back in that. <laughs> oh, okay. Because most people who started like when Planet Fitness came around, I knew a lot of people who went and then they gave up quick. They just they went they were like nah chicken wings is better. That's a weak will. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think us as entertainers have more of a, a motivation to mm-hmm. have that camera ready look. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you you wanna you wanna stand out a little bit from every other average person. And I mean, dude, you stand out from a mile away considering you're so fucking tall yeah i'm six five and i got hips so that's probably why i stand out you got hips (laughs) i got hips hips (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh oh man Uh, it was so so cool to see you the last time and i wanted to make uh, like this is this thing is a long time in the long time coming like i wanted to have sit down with you and just sort of like 
hang and talk and do whatever. Like most people don't even get the opportunity to sit down with their old friends and just, yeah. you know, bullshit. And I don't think we've ever even had a conversation that's been, what is this, 16 minutes? I don't even know if we've ever had a conversation that's, that's been this long. Probably not. To this point. <laughs> so that's I wanted fine. to. I wanted to, I mean, I do have a little bit of, I do have a little bit of um, impressions of, of ideas of what your jokes were back in like 2008. Yeah. Uh, 2008, was, my jokes were terrible because I started in 07. So 2008. <laughs> yeah, I, I started in, in 08 and they were also bad. I was yeah. actually, I was actually fooling around, like trying to record an intro to this, to this episode, which I don't ever do. I don't ever do. I just yeah. released it the way it is. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, well, let me try that. And I was yeah. like, oh, back in 2008, Monroe and I used to do some comedy together. Well, he yeah. was doing comedy. I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I wasn't serious in 2008. Right. Seri- yeah. Comedy got serious for me uh, when, I, when I really was like, yo, I think I can do something was mm-hmm. 2009, 2010. 2009, I got fired from my job. And uh, one of the teachers that I was working under, like, she was like, I heard you're funny, but, like, when are you, are you going to do it for real? And I'm like, I am doing it for real. But I wasn't. I was just being defensive. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, you're not because, like, you're, you're not going all in. You're here in Philly mm-hmm. uh, being a teaching assistant. She was like, go, where do people do comedy? And where do people go to, like, really be good? And I was like, New York and L.A. She was like, well, pick one and go. And I'm like, all right. I caught, like, I, I, I let that sit in me for a while, for about, like, a month or two. And then I was talking to Derek Gaines. And mm-hmm. Derek was like, yo, it, it's, it's, it's like that up here. This is the promised land. Like, whatever you need to happen in your career is possible up here. And I was like... In 2010, I moved to New York. I moved to Jersey City. Yeah. I lived with Derek for a little bit, but I never came back. I was like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> I'm like, but they, everybody who, everybody was absolutely right. I moved up here. I got serious about it. I was having fun. I still, I, I was having a, a, a fun. I'm having fun again now. You just got to like take that seriousness out of it. But in the beginning, I was just having so much fucking fun. I was running around, bombing, figuring this shit out. Right. How, how many mics are you doing in a week? When I, a week? I don't even know. I was doing like five a day when I okay. moved to New York. I was doing five to six a day. And I would start at like one o'clock. I would, I would hit mics in Brooklyn. I would hit mics in like uh, the Bronx, whatever I can go. Because I was doing both hood rooms and the mainstream rooms. So it allowed me to get on stage every single day. So I would hit, a, I would shoot over to Brooklyn, but you do Brooklyn last because those shows never start on time. So I would like shoot over to some open mics in the city. Then from there, I would shoot probably like to like Harlem at the end of the night, just to end off my, just to end off. And then, uh, if I was lucky, I would shoot down to the village and do the lantern or whatever, because they would always have like a midnight show that ran late, and I would do that. And I just did that every night until I figured out, until like clubs started being like, hey, you want to do guest spots? You want to do check spots? Mm-hmm. You want to host? And I was like, yep. I love hosting. Hosting's a, a blast. 
Because it's hate like hosting, but I I know it's necessary. <laughs> I hate hosting because I'm selfish. Yeah. I want to go on there and do and do material. But when you're hosting, the show isn't about you. It's about the the comic. So you can't you can't you you can't really take no chances when you're hosting because if you if you don't come out the gate hot and make everybody comfortable, then if the show is bad, then it's kind of your fault. But I'm black, and most clubs use black people to host or close. Mm. So, yeah, you gotta you gotta learn how to host. Uh, as me, I have to learn how to. I hate it, but I'm like, I'm black. As soon as I get in the club, they're gonna be like, "Can you host?" <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> it, 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 it's like we've discovered a new stereotype. Oh, you know the way black people love to host so much. No, it's just I don't even know if we're the best host. It's just that most of the time they have the they're high energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they're like, well, let's put the black guy on as a host because he'll be able to keep that energy up. Right. And then everybody else, or let's have them to close so they can keep that energy up. You can see it with clubs. If you really go to like, yeah, if you go to like you go to a showcase club, mm-hmm. that's that's a showcase club that's like up every single night. Most of the hosts are black, and most of the people closing are black. Most of the hosts are Godfrey and Artie, <laughs> and then most of the closers are Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him in that in uh, that documentary. I am comic. Did you yeah. see that? Is that is I am comic the one with Jamie Kennedy or is that the No, that's Heckler. No. Uh I am comic is the one with Jay Seinfeld or Uh no, no, no. I am comic is the one Jeff Fo- everybody's in it. Like Tim okay. Allen, Jeff Foxworthy, um Sarah Silverman. That's dope. Uh, it's it's all of and Carlos it's the the documentary where Carlos Mencia was like, "Fuck yeah, I still jokes." And well, like I... that like that probably it was probably a bad career move because I don't think he did anything else after that. Yeah, I mean, he still sells out. It's fucking crazy. Right. He still, like, if you go to Carlos Mencia's website, well, right now, he probably don't have no dates because of the whole COVID shit, but right. he has dates. There's, there's people who just don't give a fuck. Like, right. there's people who just want to be entertained, and they're right. like, Fun, I don't Funny's care. funny, and they don't care where the yeah. source came from. Yeah. yeah. But I just had that the director of that movie uh, on, on the podcast, uh, oh, Jordan, Jordan Brady. Yeah. So cool. So cool to have... To no, be able to like reach out to people and be able to get on the record conversations about yeah anything and everything like things that you hold so dear and yeah. I I mean I see that through like your material I see that like yeah. your material is like very very intimate it's very like vulnerable and that that's yeah. what I want to do with this it's like I want to completely stay honest and vulnerable because. This stuff is going to outlive me. Yeah. And hopefully it can inspire somebody to also be open and vulnerable. Yeah. But um, I wanted to bring up, like you said, um, in your act about like being an orphan and all that stuff. Um, I wanted to kind of get into that. Foster like, kid. Foster kid. Foster kid and orphan is different. Orphan is like okay. when you both of your parents are dead. Okay. My, my, bad, parents, my, bad. my parents were still in the same city. They just didn't fuck with me. <laughs> they were very much alive. They were just like, look, I'll, when I get my shit together, I'll come get you. But until then, I'm partying it up. <laughs> is there, they, they, they took a rum springer from you. 
Yeah, and it was like, you know what? We just, we weren't ready to be parents. We just like raw sex. So we're just going to mm-hmm. take some time to ourselves. Were they were they still together in that? Absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. No. My dad is from D.C. He's from like the D.C. area. Uh, uh, all that other stuff. So he he like was in Philly. That was the stomping grounds, but he's not a Philly dude. He's a, a D.C. guy. So when that all happened, he was in prison and all that stuff, but like when I was a foster care, he was just in D.C. My mom was like in and out of rehab and all that mm-hmm. other stuff, so yeah. Well, that was like a, a weird, like so this started like when you were a baby, you in foster care? Like up the no, you I was a foster care the- at the age of seven. So I was, a, I got, I went in at like seven years old and then I aged out at 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was in group homes, foster homes, uh, I did kinship care. Where you kinship care is where you live with like a family member and they're your uh, legal guardian, your temporary legal guardian. So I did that. I did all of it. I'm well rounded, baby. <laughs> well, like you, you took on you. You're you're a third, right? So um, yeah, my mom wasn't a smart woman at that time. She she <laughs> named. She was like, you know na- what? Name named her uh, named you after the guy that she had an affair with once. Yes, yeah. they were married for definitely. They oh. were married for a little bit, but I okay. found out my grandmother. Me and my grandmother got a lot closer. Uh, with uh, over these last like ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, she tells me everything now. She don't give a fuck. Like she was like, I, "Yeah, parent." I was like, "So did my mom and dad have a wedding?" She was like, "Absolutely not. They got married at the courthouse. They only got married because they didn't have a place to live, and they wanted to live with me. And I told them there that nobody could shack up under my roof if they wasn't married. So, and they got married for a place to stay." And then I'm like, well, that's your fault. I was like, my life is your fault. <laughs> I'm like, you're the one that fucking started this whole thing. Like, <laughs> I ain't mad at you, but like, I'm mad at you. Yeah, I ain't mad at her. Got she she had a theory. She tried to stick to it. Life is all about uh, hypothesis, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. You don't you don't figure anything out until you get everything wrong. Exactly. So now she know. You keep motherfuckers apart. You're like, nah, <laughs> y'all shouldn't be together. Oh man, desperation makes makes uh makes us have, you know, makes us maybe not make the right decisions all the time. Mm-hmm, and absolutely. And uh, it was funny, like like you said that you you're at, you're having conversations with your grandma now, and she just doesn't give a fuck, and she just tell you everything. Really, she's just yeah tell you the way it is. She don't tell me everything. I could, you know, when a person is holding back, she'll oh, she'll yeah. hold back, and I just, I be like, okay, all right, I know that ain't all the way the truth. She's telling me the Christian truth because she's oh, yeah. uh, she's she's super Christian, so she she's not telling me everything. She's just telling me all that my my brain can handle at that point. Well, what did you, what did you come like through foster care and through? The, the stuff with your grandma and um, all that stuff. How did you approach the idea of spirituality and uh, like uh, faith and all that stuff? Especially like she, you said she's super Christian. It took a. It. Took, I mean, I'm still not all the way there yet. I don't know what I believe in. You know, right. I'm just. Uh, I did, like, 
I can't say all black people, but if you grew up in poverty as a minority, as a black person, you're only you can only be like two things, and that's uh, uh, or a Muslim. And I did both. I I did I did both. I tried both uh, suits on, and uh, they're the same. Like, <laughs> you both got really good points. The the Muslim people got really good points. I mean, yeah. I've I've sat and had really meaningful, long conversations with Muslims, and I'm like, okay, I see where you're coming from, and yeah. all those are really good points. Um, it's I all get the, the whole, same. I'm like, but it's, it's to me, yeah. It's it's just, it's just it's just leaves on the same tree, man. It's it's all the same. Yeah. So I don't not I don't disrespect it, but. When I was going through stuff in life, like real life, and then people like, and I would like call on people for like advice and stuff, and then they would just quote the Bible. To me, it felt like a cop out, and mm-hmm. felt like uh, it felt like a like they didn't have the answer. Instead of going, "Yo, man, I'm sorry, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe you this is something you have to go through." They're just like, "Read this book." I'm like. What the fuck is this book going through? Like, I don't know if you really read the Bible. That shit's scary. It's the scariest book you'll ever read, man. Like, you read the Bible, you go, yeah, God loves everybody, but he fucking hates us, too. He can't I... wait to punish us. It's scary. What, do you... it can be scary. <laughs> what, what about the black Israelites? Have you ever heard of any of them or met any of those? Have I met one of them? No. I mean... I've never heard of them. I don't think black Israelites are really going around talking to people. Uh, who aren't not Jews? Uh, who aren't black Jews? Oh uh, man! Well, this one kid that worked at me worked with me at my old job. Mm-hmm. Talked to me about oh God, God is a a jealous and vengeful God, and I was like, is he? I mean, is if he? you read that Bible, yeah. Was, and I was like, God sounds he's like, like still a, still a all the way word. all the way committed to the fact that like he loves God, but God hates us. And yeah. he's like trying to earn brownie points with God. Yeah. So I'm like, then you just seem like you're some kind of suck up. For, yeah. Like, what what are, you, what are you getting out of it? You don't yeah. even know. Yeah. That's like, crazy. But that's, but that's what I got out of it too. Like when I was being, when I was like, cause I, I did the whole, I read the Bible. I believed. When I say I believed, man, I used to write scriptures on everything just like uh little the lord's prayer and all that stuff and and then you start to the more and more you start to understand it i i go well it's not more so god than you just trying your best to be a decent person and and live your life in a a a peaceful way and not bring any and not ruin other people's peace and just don't be selfish like when you start to rule when i started to really do that i started to lose the the bible thing and i started just to i believe in like the universe and all that shit i still believe in god like definitely believe in god yeah. like i'm you know what i mean but i don't but i don't know if i believe in god is like the one like a vengeful hateful person i believe like, god yeah i've heard it said as like the 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 lifeguard god like someone sitting on the lifeguard stand watching over everything and watching over yeah. everybody i don't believe in that either i believe in the fact that like god is us we we are part of god yeah. i think that you know if you do like a brain scan you see those electric energies moving around energy yeah. that energy yeah. 
that yeah. energy that energy is God, the same God that breathes that that uh, puts oxygen out of trees, the wind that blows. All yeah. that is just as much God as we are. Yeah. And uh, I believe I believe the cycle. I believe all of that stuff. I believe um, that like we we are God. We are like images of God. Even the ones who don't, whoever, even the selfish ones. Like I believed, He gave us the right to choose and all that stuff. And then people just don't do that. Like some mm-hmm. people, you know what I mean? Like you, I believe that I believe, like God creates, and so do we. We create mm-hmm. life. We create war. We create love. We create our world, and that's what God gave us. He gave us the ability to be our own gods and be the gods of others and stuff like that. And I just believe that you just... I don't like keep saying you gotta be nice, but like you just... Not so much karma, but like you put shit out there and you get what you get. You get what you put out. In In the wise words of Kid Rock, you get what you put in and people get what they deserve. Yeah, not everybody gets what they deserve. I don't think that's true. Some people they should don't ever get what they deserve. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's. I mean, they should if that the world worked like that, but it doesn't yeah. always work like that. I think that sometimes what you, it's like weird. I don't know. It's like I can only really break this shit down when you. I don't want to say hi, but sometimes when you're inebriated, you're allowed to like step out of your way, which is also like can be a bad thing. But I just I like I got I'm not arguing with my friend, but I'm like I don't believe karma because i don't believe that people i don't believe that the world is always vengeful so like you may do something fucked up doesn't mean that it's going to come back to you 100 percent because there's too many uh examples of that's not happening and when people go everything happens for a reason i always go well explain kids dying explain the people who just uh, explain generational curses like how does that benefit systemic systemic things that yeah yeah, I, I totally so get it. I, I go, yeah, so I just like I don't know what to believe. <clears throat> I just go, I'm spiritual, and I don't. I try not to disrespect other people's shit. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking of the idea of when when we do another one of these, which is going to be episode two twenty three. I'm reserving it for you. Right. Episode two twenty three is going to be Monroe Martin two. I probably have a kid and all that shit by then, so everything <laughs> will probably change. Ah, but we'll 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 both we'll both smoke a little first, yeah. and we'll, well get I gave it. it up. I gave it up. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> maybe maybe make an exception if we're yeah. if we're planning this far ahead. Yeah, I may I may backslide. Who knows? Well, I mean, hang out a guest digital enough, and uh... I do. That's a that's a thing. I'm like, man, like they everybody smokes so much. Then then I'm just like. All right, man, I can't be doing it. Because I started at 28. I started smoking at 28. Mm-hmm. And I did it so much where I'm like, I don't see the, there's no other benefits in it. Like one, I'm like one of those people who get bored really quick. So mm-hmm. if I like, when you experience the high, like I've got high, like fucked up. Where I'm like, oh man, I'm damn near incapacitated. And I'm like, all right, so am I chasing that feeling again? Cause if that's it, then I've already experienced that, and I don't need to go back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know. It's like that well, weird thing where I'm like, if I experienced it, I don't really need to keep doing it. 
Well, I think uh, the the way I would look at it, which I don't do it anymore, really that much anymore. Um, maybe, maybe once every couple of months, something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, but it it was an everyday thing for me for a while. But it's more about like, um, I'm having conversations that I wasn't normally going to have, and I was going to teach myself things that I wasn't normally going to teach myself. Writing jokes was a big part of it too, because like I can be funny when I think things are funny. I think things are most funny when I'm a little high. Yeah. So writing jokes was a big part of it too. Like I was used it for that. Yeah. I, uh, I, I wrote a joke. My first joke I ever wrote high. Cause I don't, I, like I said, I didn't, I'd never, it wasn't th- like you said, you started at 28. Like I didn't, I didn't really start till I was like 30 or something. Yeah. And I'm 36 now. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's really, I mean, I was in my thirties really. Yeah. Um, but I did a thing where, um, I wrote it down, and this is the first. I read it back the day after, yeah. and I was like, "This is stupid. This isn't gonna work." <laughs> but I talk about how uh, how I always say "uh huh," like, yeah. "Yeah, I get it, uh huh." But my roommate at the time thought that every time I said "uh huh," that I was saying "huh," like for him to repeat himself. Yeah, oh, that's and I'm funny. like, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, what if we were, what if we were surgeons, and you were like yeah. scalpel, and I was like "uh huh," and you're like, "I said scalpel." <laughs> <laughs> like they just gotta keep uh repeated. They gotta explain to you what a scalpel is. Like the little sharp thing, the little knife thing. And then be like, we're losing them. Defibrillators. Clear. Uh-huh. Clear. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds like a high joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never did it. Of course, I probably never will, but <laughs> I just threw it away now. Yeah. You know? But I yeah, go ahead. I, I did listen to some No Need for Apologies, man. That's that's think. a fun show. That's yeah. a fun show. You guys, a lot you of, guys, we did a lot of episodes high. Yeah, those were fun. Yeah, we did we did a, a couple. I think back in the day we did a lot more. Uh, we would just like talk about nothing. So yeah, I want to I want to know I want to see if people can tell the difference between when we was like baked out of our mind. But we were in the spaceship, we would call it, and mm-hmm. we, we were just like regular. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had some episodes, like we had spaceship episodes where we're like head in the clouds, and then we just have some episodes where we're just like sober. And I want to know if people can really tell the difference. You know, that's, that's a really, really funny point, too, because I think yeah. I, I was hanging out with other high people at the time when I was doing yeah. some episodes pretty high and people would be like, well, you, you pulled it off really well. I'm like, yeah, yeah but what do you know? You're high too. <laughs> yeah, true. Everybody <laughs> thinks they're an expert. Everybody who gets high goes, nah, man, I, I'm an expert at getting high. It's like, yeah, that's what getting high does. It makes you feel like you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, little yeah. Uh, egomaniac. Yeah, you like, nah, I know what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, okay. So, um, the, uh, mostly, mostly, um, during the, the quarantine, how's that affecting the, the podcast when you, you guys are still doing it at the same times every week? We still do, yeah, we still do the. It's actually helped out a lot more because, uh, when we got to go in the studio, we, you got to go in the studio. So you got to set time. You also get people who may flake or like things may come up. So, Doing it 
via Zoom actually made it easier for us just to stay on time and release it on time and all that stuff. So I think it'll definitely be something that we can keep up now because when this whole thing is lifted and we get to get back in the studio, like if I'm on the road, if usually what happens is if Derek was on the road, then we would like record maybe like a couple episodes beforehand or if i was on the road i'll record we'll like stack a bunch of episodes but now that we know we can just do it via skype or uh zoom yeah it's a lot easier and and it also allows us to like reach out to people who you never really thought you could get now you can just be like yo (laughs) all you can do all you got to do is just talk into your your computer with us and then and like people are down so yeah it's a lot easier I'm getting I'm getting more like like off you know sort of people who I wouldn't have expected to be open to do it doing it but uh I mean I was getting some not as many but yeah. you know with with you you've been a dream guest of mine I want to sit down and have this for a while like you were coming through here like last year year before and like Going to the place in Bristol, and I was like, "Come over, just come over, and we'll oh, hang." Yeah, I had too many people with me though. I had love. I had my. I had uh, our. I had menuing with me. Then I had uh, our photographer with me. Okay. And then I had, to, and then I didn't stay, so I would like drive back because they were like, "Yo, I can't stay." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> so I would like drive back to New York. Yeah, yeah, we did it like twice. Yeah, you live in Jersey, though, right? No, no, I live in Langhorn, which is like right down the street from Bristol. Oh, what's stopping you from moving up to New York? Um, money. Oh, what about Jersey City or somewhere closer? Money, mostly. Uh, rob <laughs> I mean, somebody. I feel you. No, I get it. Yeah, it's mostly. I mean, it's it's probably a little bit of insecurities as well. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, you know, going to the casino with scared money. That's how I feel with with the idea, the the thought process of moving. And if I'm being fully honest with myself, I'm in my little comfort zone here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. But you're a wrestler, and what you what you scared of? What? I mean, you get slam you slam people and jump off of shit. I've been there. Yeah, I've seen the match. <laughs> I went. I I went to Capital Wrestling, so yeah. I look I, at wrestlers like yo. I could never do that. I I like I like I love wrestling. I love what wrestlers do because that's like to me. I'm like doing that is a mixture of public speaking and fucking fighting. You got to do both. All I got to do is just talk. But y'all got to fucking put your personality out there or not even your personality, but a personality you think is going to work and throw it out there. And people clap on and you're telling the story. You try to bring them along for the ride. Also, while be getting suplex and doing fucking moonsaults off the top rope. So I don't know what the hell you're scared of. Uh, but here's the thing, man. I, I, I'm more and along the lines of like, dude, my my future is speaking my future is comedy my future is acting my future isn't isn't as much wrestling as it was before uh i i've been saying and i said it on every episode for the last eight weeks probably since this thing started i don't know how long how long we're in quarantine nothing matters anyway but i've been saying like 
I had one foot in and one foot out for the yeah. last like two years. Okay. And this this whole thing might be either the thing that gets me all the way out or the thing that just I mean I might see that people miss it more and are popping yeah. for people are popping for less things. That which yeah. would which would motivate me to like be excited to come back for that. But yeah. for the most part I'll probably you know, right off into the sunset, as Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin would say. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I, I for sure want to do comedy more. Comedy, comedy has become. Comedy has become a huge part, like a, my passion. I I love joke writing. I carry my notebook with me everywhere. I mean, I haven't gone anywhere. But I carry yeah, my notebook. I'm like, you leave the house? <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm not going anywhere. But before, before all this, I'm carrying yeah. a book with me everywhere I go, and like finding way, ways that turn things into something I can write a bit about. Yeah, I feel you. So, I'm, you know, uh, <clears throat> I I get the part about I I related a lot with what you said with the teacher. The teacher said the thing to you like, "Why are you, why are you here and not?" Yeah, not where it's happening. Yeah. And you're like, mom, doing it though. Like, I feel like I had a, re- a conversation very recently, that same thing. Uh, somebody was talking to me about, and this is a conversation people have been saying to me for a long, long, long time. And I think even, you know, every, every comic, when they start, they go, oh, some, someone goes, oh, you're a comedian? Make me laugh. Tell me a joke or yeah. something. Like with being a wrestler, people go like, "Oh, boom! Don't body slam me, or don't hit me with a chair." Yeah. So if I'm doing both of those things, it's like people are saying both of those things to me at any point. Yeah. But a lot of the things you get often or are, "When are you gonna go pro?" And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, but you know what?" Because people don't know shit. Right. And I'm like, yeah. "It's up to me." You know what I mean? Like, it's all I gotta do is call Vince McMahon and say, "Hey." Give me a job. Like, that's not the way it works. It, there's yeah. a whole process to it. And and it's like, uh, somebody called me an amateur wrestler the other day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, nah, that's not true because it's professional wrestling. That's the name of the sport. Amateur wrestling is a whole other sport. Yeah. I'm like, I get it. I'm not making millions of dollars doing it. I'm not a pro at it, but it's called professional wrestling. So yeah. it's like a whole lot of like weird semantic things. Um, when, uh, like when someone says, why aren't you doing it? And you're like, I am doing it. I'm going and m- making these appearances. And yeah. I, I, that, that, that's, you know, that, that I resonate with that too, because it's like, I am doing it, but I'm not doing it as much as I could be doing, yeah. should be doing. it. I mean, you still get that no matter what, but mm-hmm. you just, I like, I get that. I get that man. When you make it big or when you like, when you're like you just get not like when you make it big, but when people go, Oh man, I can't wait for you to make it big or you can't I hope you make it one day. I don't take that personal because I'm like, oh, you don't have an idea like most people don't have careers. Most mm-hmm. people have jobs that they get tricked into thinking is a career and then they and they take some pride in it and then but like I don't. I I just go. Oh, there's that confusion, right? Because if somebody mm-hmm. goes, man, I can't wait for you to make it big, or whatever, or I can't wait for you to like, like hit it off, or whatever the fuck is going on in the brand. Right, right. I just go, oh, okay, you don't like. You have that that job mentality. 
you think that what I'm doing, you think that I probably still have a regular job or or like that I'm still like do I do temp jobs? You don't understand that there's a gap in between doing open mics and being Chris Rock. Right. You don't understand that I like people make li- make a living and they can make a good living without ever being famous. Great living without ever being famous. And they right. think fame is making it. Where anybody can be and making it is different. Like making it like I heard Chappelle say this and I'm like, that makes sense. He was like, you know, the moment I'm able to make a teacher salary off of comedy, I made it. And I'm like, oh well. That's a good way to look at it because I make more money doing comedy than I've ever made at any other job. And not saying that I'm fucking well off or whatever because I'm not, yeah. but I'm in a position where I'm like, I've had a lot of jobs and ain't no job ever paid me as much as this. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. And, but that's just be, but that, for me, it's not. It's like a thing where I'm like, okay, I've made. I had that conversation on a podcast with Keith because he was like, "Y'all made it," and I and I argued with him like I didn't make it, and he really broke it down. He was like, he was like, "You, this is your full time thing, regardless mm-hmm. of what you do in between. You act. You're doing everything off of entertainment. You support a family off of this. You you support yourself. Why isn't that success?" Why right. don't you look at that as success? And then I'm like, that makes sense because you get stuck looking at what everybody else thinks is su- as success. Right. Because so, it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a matter of what you can relate to. And yeah. it's a matter of what you, what you, um, what you're, you're not grateful all the way for everything you have as much as you should be perhaps. Yeah. So it's, it's really like, wow, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm really, yeah. And, and you got to keep reminding yourself of that shit because the thing that's the, the downfall of social media. Social media makes you look at everybody else sometimes, and you see that you everybody you, there's verification checks. There's people that, there's people with millions of followers, and then people see that and go, "Man, one day you gonna have this many so you gonna have this many followers." It's like ain't shit gonna change. That's not gonna that's not gonna be, <laughs> that's not gonna define making it. Yeah. Uh, I and you let that shit get to you. I remember I got verified on all my accounts, right? And I was like, "Man, well, this is it for a yeah. month, for like at least a week." I was like, "Yeah, this is it. I'm verified on Instagram, Twitter, all this shit. Ain't shit changed." Right. And I'm like, just the perception to people changed, but my work didn't change, my life didn't change, and I'm like, "Oh, this shit is fake. All this shit is phony." Joe DeRosa had a bit that he did i i saw i saw him in philly last time i was here and he did uh he did a bit he's like oh you know people like to ask me people like to ask me what it's like to have your special on comedy central and he's like i'll i'll say this how did how do you think it feels to work really really hard to get maybe eight followers on twitter for for it (laughs) he's like that's how it feels it's like it's like you working really hard, digging a really big hole. Well, he didn't say this part, but this is what I'm saying. Digging a really big hole, breaking your back to do it. Yeah. And you didn't put anything in that hole. Yeah. You're not filling that hole back up. You just worked really hard and dug a really big hole. That's like, why you got to do shit for yourself or or <clears throat> other people. Like I do stuff for myself. I I do stuff for my wife. I do stuff for my 
future kids. I do shit. I, I have so many other reasons why I do things instead of for fame because chasing that fucking fame is just going to get you make you go crazy. But if I take my if I go, man, I would really like my wife to have this experience or I would really like to have my kid have my kids to have this experience or my family to have this experience. Success is different now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have I have my favorite my favorite aunt. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite aunt. My, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh her name her name is well, I call her Aunt Tugger. And I go, yeah. I can't wait to make Aunt Tugger proud of me. Yeah. And and the person who I said that to was like, What are you talking about? She's already proud of you. Look at the person you are. And I'm like, Yeah, I, I didn't have the I didn't have the zoom myself out of myself yeah. enough to go, okay, well, yeah, she's already she's proud of who I am, not what I've got or what I've done. Yeah. Um, that's, that's super fair. important. You're self-made. The hardest thing, that's why I asked you about, like, when I seen you drinking out water, and I was like, oh, shit, do you have, like, control of that? Because that's the, that's, like, probably the most, not the, yeah, that's probably, like, the best thing you could do in life is have control over yourself and mm -hmm. have control over your body and all that. You can't control a lot of things, but you can control yourself. And that's why I was like, impressed. But I was like, you drinking a gallon of water? How many times do you drink that? Like, Cause a lot of people can't do that shit. Like I, like when I, 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 there was like one point in my life where I was really, really trying to get in shape, but I would listen to T. C. T. Fletcher. I would mm -hmm. listen to, you know him, you know C. Yeah, C. T. Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I listen to C. T. Fletcher, and I would like uh, listen to a lot of the things he was on, and I would watch bodybuilding things, and these bodybuilders made points. They were like, a lot of people in this world can't control their lives. So they take it out and try to control other people. And bodybuilding is like one of the is like a, a tangible thing. It's like it's proof that you can control yourself because you can keep reinventing yourself at will. You yeah. know what I mean? If you mm -hmm. can go, man, I want muscles right here. You can figure out a way to do that shit. And yeah. a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't know how to take 18% uh, body fat and get that shit down to two. You know what I mean? People well, can't it, it, because they're prisoners to other outside shit. We we're in such an age of technology, the age of information that like yeah. it's not like that information's not out there now that people people just don't do it, you know? Yeah, willful it, ignorance. I'm that way too sometimes. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm saying yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not preaching from a hill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying like that information is out there if I want it. And sometimes I, you know, I get I get the information that helps me get by. Of course, when it comes to bodybuilding and and making my making my body look the way it does, yeah. but um, I I don't I I'm also I mean, you might also have this where you're tough at you're tough at uh, accepting compliments. Yeah. It's like I work my ass off on this body, but if somebody compliments it, I'm like, ah, come on, stop. Like yeah. it's, that's it's, fake. Yeah, that's fake modesty, though. Like when you're like fake modest. Because like I I don't know, I do that now. I'm learning just to accept a compliment sometimes. But before I was just like, oh no! And my boy Jared yelled at me one time because somebody gave me a comment. We I, we I did a show somewhere, and we were leaving the show. And as we was leaving the show, somebody was like, "Yo man, you were really funny." This and that. And I was like, "Ah man, you don't know what you talk about." Blah blah blah. And mm -hmm. like the person was kind of like that. And he's like, "Oh no." And then it kind of made it weird. And as I was leaving, Jared was like, why the fuck do you do that? And I was like, 
Oh, I don't know. Just because it's weird. He was like, it just comes off fake. And he was like, that person went out of their way to give you a compliment. Like they, they you don't know how, what they had to, you don't know what they had to overcome in their own brain to be like, yo, I just want to tell this person, this person that I respect what they do and they're awesome. He was like, that's hard sometimes to fucking step outside of yourself and uh, tell somebody that they're great. He was like, stop doing that shit. And I was like, okay. I, I, Right. There's this, there's this, this funny ass dude, who went. He was at, he was touring with uh, Brent, Brendan Chobb. Uh, it was like Brendan Chobb and some some like Middle Eastern kid and some black kid. Yeah. The black kid, not, he was so funny. He was ju- yeah. like he had Chappelle's cadence. Yeah. It was he was really funny. And I was with my my former tag team partner. And we went and saw them. And yeah. they were like they were like giving out stickers for their podcast after the after yeah. the show was over. And uh, my my tag partner was like, "Yo, dude, you're funny. You're real funny." And the kid went, "I know." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, of course he knows. Of course he knows yeah. he's funny. <laughs> but that's funny. That's dope. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I'm here doing this. Like, yeah, that's dope. I like that. But, he's like, I know. Fuck. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to just just uh, one or two more things, and then we'll, then we'll take it home. Okay, cool. cool. Um, yeah. Okay, so I've said a couple times on here about how important saying things on the record is. Um, the, uh, the, po- the point of that is I wanted to tell you that you constantly inspire me, and uh, I, I appreciate having known you. I appreciate still knowing you. you and say, I, yeah, I'm like, know me? What the fuck, I'm about to die? What, <laughs> like, no. what type of dream did you have? I no, but you said I, I made it to SNL. <laughs> Heaven SNL. Yeah, like goddamn. No, but I'm saying, like, uh, you know, um, I think I think you're you're on the come up for sure. And I mean, a lot of people, like, we talked a lot about fame here yeah. for a minute, and I think a lot of people have really like like only stories about their like people they know peripherally third source second source stuff like that and who goes oh well he did this and he did that oh you know this person who was on this and was on that yeah, yeah my friend my friend is friends with them yeah. you know um i i don't think that any of any of tv shows movies anything either one of us do will ever change the fact that we're friends yeah and no. i and i appreciate that yeah, um no. The uh, the thing that I was also saying about on the record stuff yeah. was I wanted to uh, say like uh, I want you to think about this on the record this okay. this audio file that we are creating at the moment. Okay. Let's say thirty years from now, this is for sure. This stuff is totally for sure outliving us. Yeah. So you're talking about your future kids. Yes. You're talking about your future kids right now. So. Yeah. Monroe Monroe in the 2020 quarantine. Yeah. In the 2020 quarantine is is delivering a message 30 years from now yeah. to his children. And they discover this audio when they want to find out what that was like during the 2020 quarantine. Yeah. What is the message directly to them? Audio time travel. This I message that my kid, because I, I think about that all the time. Me and my wife talk about how we've been since the quarantine. We've just been talking about what we want our kid to be like and stuff like that. And the main thing we keep bringing up is like, I I want my kid to not look at failure as not 
not failure, but failure is when you quit, but not looking at failure when you when something goes bad as the end all be all and look at it as a thing that you can keep growing from and just to keep trying shit and just to keep pushing and 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 don't be afraid to express themselves regardless on whatever they choose to do in life and just it's and realize that everything is temporary you know what i mean like that's kind of what like because that's what i have to keep reminding myself it's just that whenever things are bad they're not bad for a long time because they become memories like i had a bad childhood but now i look at my childhood and i'm like i can laugh at shit because i'm past it i figured a way out and mm-hmm. i just want my kid to look at that and it's like keep trying shit don't be don't ever be embarrassed and then be an open person be be kind be be friendly not friendly i think friendly and nice are two different things so be yeah be compassionate have compassion don't ever lose compassion because my kid will be a rich kid it will definitely be a rich kid and i'm like (laughs) oh look don't ever lose that compassion and um yeah that's pretty much it okay just like just like you can do whatever to this you can do whatever you can do whatever you want and you're not stuck you're never stuck well like like uh, you said the point about like you found out whatever all this was and you were like oh it's your fault that i'm this way right you you can say that about your your, about your grandma but then you still love her yeah no i was joking like no i know you're joking yeah but i'm saying well like my i also didn't have a a a good relationship my dad growing up i didn't know him yeah. Uh, and then when he came around, he was abusive and shitty. Yeah. But like, I still have conversations with him now, and I say, "Look, man, um, I needed you to be that way. I needed you to be the father to those kids and not me, because yeah. I love who I am now. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for you not being around. I yeah. forgive you without you ever saying sorry, because I don't need to hear it. Yeah. Like, I needed you to be that way. So when you when you do when you did say the thing about everything happens for a reason, I think everything that has happened was was teachable yeah. everything that has happened has been va- a value in the lessons that we learn from it Absolutely. and how we move forward so like when you said the thing about your failures failures aren't failure that's you don't quit because of failure you you proceed yeah. after failure because those little failures are s- success practice yeah. like how how are you how are you going to handle a little bit of failure when the stakes are higher yeah. Then, then now when they're low, yeah, absolutely. And nobody, I don't, I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Nobody, I, I would also, I would not do shit sometimes just because I'm like, ah, I don't want to fail, and then people looking at me. Nobody remembers when shit is bad. Right. Nobody like, especially in this business, when you're making bad stuff, all it takes is one good thing, and then, and all that shit is forgotten. And even the people who do choose to remember, that's just because that's the time they're stuck in. Like, Derek always reminds me of this time where we was outside of the stand, and a comment came up to me and Derek that we knew from Philly. And and I guess they didn't really have anything to talk about. And they were like, yo, man, Monroe, I remember when you used to bomb. And I was like, yeah, that was like eight years ago. But that's fine. I'm like, I'm still bombed down, but... I don't care, but the fact, and Derek was laughing because Derek was like, the fact that you remember that shows me where you are in life. That the fact that you can always remember somebody at their worst 
shows me that you're still there. And I'm right. like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need a new hobby, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you need something. If you remember and shit from eight years ago. And, uh. Uh, so uh, the way I wrap it up every time is that normally I'll, I'll say hypothetically, hypothetically, I've gifted you. I've gifted you this podcast hypothetically. So yeah. from now on, it's evolving with uh, Monroe Martin III. Thank you. All right. And, yeah. and in a very Jerry Springer's final thought sort of way. Yeah. How do you put a pretty bow on it and help us all evolve? How do you evolve? Uh, I think you evolve just by being a a product of your situation and not a victim of it. You know what I mean? Like when you learn how to do that, when you learn how to the to look at the, the like things that you've been through, mistakes you've made, mistakes that have been made on you, like the shit that people have done to you. When you learn how to not really become bitter off of that and become vengeful and just become a product off of that shit that's how you evolve you know when you learn when you learn how to be like no one's to blame for anything except me because it's about your reaction right that's the most thing so yeah it's about the way you react to shit and we still practice that i still practice that I still get into arguments with people, but from them arguments, I learn, ah, man, I can't keep acting like that. Or I apologize faster. You know? I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, I fucked up. I, I know I was wrong. But, man, you evolve by just being a product and not a victim. I want to uh, I I wanna thank you, man. I want to say, like, uh, how much I appreciate your time and your effort. The, the currency of your intention... The currency of your attention. Thank you. That's why it's called paying attention, because yeah. your attention is such currency. Yeah. The effort, the effort that you've made to have this conversation with me and hang with me, I, I, I appreciate that very much. And anybody listening, I totally appreciate the currency of your intention and your effort. And uh, dude, I mean, we've known each other for like twelve years um, yeah. at this point. Uh, I yeah. still think this is just the beginning. I yeah. still think this is just the beginning and I'm 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 hopeful and I'm happy and I'm looking forward to whatever we accomplish together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh me too. You know, if you I ever just need learned to- your name was Cornelius, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> I'm like well, my- a white Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my real name, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it to you in the wrap up right now. My real name is actually James. Uh what? Cor- my real name is James. Uh, okay. So my real name, James Goins, not Corey Castle. Corey Castle is a stage name. Cornelius Castle is a stage name. Made it up for mo- made it up for money purposes. <laughs> God damn. That's a cool last name. What made you come up with KC? Uh, I mean, CK. CK. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I, when I first started wrestling, this is funny because I'm, I'm, uh, we've already done the wrap up, but I'm now getting into yeah. the origin stories of Corey Castle. Um, when I first started wrestling, it was around the time the movie Zoolander came out. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Where like uh, Ben Stiller was this stupid model. Yeah. I wanted that to be my gimmick that I was a stupid model, like a stupid male model, and okay. I was young. But I wanted my initials to be CK, like Calvin Klein, and have yeah. that be on the side of my gear. Okay. So uh, I already came up with using Castle. I wanted to use Castle because of 
yeah. the Punisher. My friend Scott gave me the idea because of the Punisher. Yeah. I wanted to use so I just switched the first name. I just was like going over what C names there were. Yeah. And Corey sounded the best. And that's Corey how Castle it came. is such a cool name. Now that I know you as James. Like I can't call you James no more though. I still have to call no. you Corey. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I, I, I always Yeah. James what again? Goins. James Goins. Nah, you're Corey Castle. <laughs> James Goins. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think I I think I might have started saying this, but I just want to make sure you hear it. Let let me be a resource to you in any way I possibly can. If you need anything ever, don't hesitate to ask me. You know, if you need if you're coming back through this area, I got yeah. some comfy couches here. You wanna you wanna crash? That's totally cool. Um you need judgment-free conversation or just a good friend, a listening ear. I'm here for you, man. And uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm welcoming you. <laughs> and that goes for that, anybody man. listening, too. If, yeah. I'm not, I'm not hard to get a hold of. Don't ever think that there's no resort like that you can't come to. You can always find me. It's not that hard. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, appreciate your time, man. I hope, I hope you stay safe during the quarantine and uh, – I will. Uh, I'll probably go to the can, supermarket real quick. Uh, I, I can have my wife in the kitchen. I think she's in the kitchen. Yeah, and well, I tell her I said hi, and uh, maybe she'll maybe she'll uh, get. I'm like James going said hi. She was like, <laughs> yeah, <forget> <laughs> we definitely want to come back to another wrestling match. I know that you said that you're not as passionate about it, but we had fun. We went we went to the Capital Wrestling thing, and we had a really really good time. And we brought our godson, and we enjoyed that shit. And she keeps asking, "When we can we go back?" Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I left Capital Wrestling. Uh, oh. I left Capital Wrestling. So, as far as like the the, uh, I think that they just rebranded. They're not Capital anymore. They're called yeah. Catalyst now. Okay. But I left. I left in December. So I, I don't see. I don't see going back. But I still am friends with a lot of people there. So. You can do go you back. Do matches? Do you are you with another promotion? Do you do matches like in Jersey? Barely, like barely, dude. Jersey? I just I only had one date on the calendar before this whole thing went down, and uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm the calendar fills up, then I'll take it. But the calendar wasn't filling up. Yeah. So I, I was just about to take a little break, and uh, here you go, <laughs> another little yeah. break. Yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah. It's you know, if I if I go back. To that to that company, yeah. Which I you know I'm doubtful at this point, but we'll mm-hmm. see. Okay. Uh, but I I can for sure put you in contact with people, so you you and your wife can go back and bring your godson if that's what you'd like to do. Okay, that'd be dope. But I see that when we finally open up and all that shit, because when wrestling starts to come back, I definitely will hit you up. Or okay. You, yeah. 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 I mean, because we're you, going to be in this business till July, just so you know. What's that? I said we're gonna be here till July, just so you know. Ah, ah yeah. Shit. So all right, brother. Appreciate your time. Appreciate all your love. And uh Thank you, I'll man. catch you soon. All right, catch you, man. Right. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Keep evolving. You too. Bye. <laughs>